This morning we're continuing our series, Intentional Christmas, during the season of Advent, right? It's a season of Advent, and today we're looking at how our lives could change, right? Intentional Christmas, all throughout this month. How How our lives could change if we chose to live joyfully. How could my life change? How could your life change if we just choose to live joyfully? Think about it for a moment. Have you ever met someone who is truly and consistently joyful? You ever met a person who's like that? After first service, people were telling me about people they know who are, who are truly and consistently joyful and the impact they have made on other people's lives. You know anybody, you, do you know anyone like that? They, they seem to take life in stride, if you will, right? The ups and the downs, the ins and outs, they seem to take life in stride. The question is, how do they find joy even through the challenges that they face in life? It's easy for people to be happy when things are going well. But how do you find, how do we find joy in every circumstance of our lives, even when life is challenging? And I think, how, how, are, how are people like this, right? You, you ask that question, did something actually happen to them at some point in their lives to give them joy? Something happened on the outside to give them joy, like they, they won the lottery and they just never came down from the excitement, you know? They want something, they're just like, every day they walk around like, oh, I won. That was so exciting. Oh, that, that was so exciting. And they just stay up all the time. Is that, is that how joy works? Is that why they're so joyful? Is that why they're continually excited? The truth is, the truth is, joy is something that comes from the inside. It's something that happens and comes from the inside. It's something that we choose all right. Understand that joy is something that you choose. It's something that you choose in your life. It is a quality of life, not a fleeting emotion. Let me say that again. It is a quality of life, not some fleeting emotion. Happiness, the way the world describes it, is I'm happy when things are going well for me. I'm sad or not happy when things are not going well for me. That is not joy. Joy comes from the inside. It is not dependent on our circumstances. Now, before I move on, this is very, very important. Important. Very important. It is okay. All right. It's okay. If... If you're feeling discouraged sometimes, it's that's okay. Being joyful doesn't mean that you never because that's what people do sometimes. They say, well, if I'm supposed to be joyful, I can never feel sorrow. I can never feel pain. I can never feel discouragement. I can never feel that way. Because I'm supposed to have this joy that comes from inside in all circumstances. And so I should never feel these other things. When I feel discouraged, it must be a sin. When I'm feeling stressed, it must be a sin. When I'm feeling pain, it must be a sin. I should just feel the joy inside and have peace regardless. You can feel the joy and peace and contentment regardless. But here's the thing. We need to lay out very clearly. It is not a sin to feel pain. It is not a, a sin to feel sorrow. It is not a sin, okay, to be discouraged sometimes. It is not. Here's, here's the example that you want to hold on to. Jesus, I, I love using this illustration or this example. Jesus Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane sweat blood. 
the the, stri- the the intensity of what he had to deal with in his in his life. He is fully God and fully man. The fully man side sweat blood because the fully God side could understand exactly what he's about to go through in crucifixion. Not the physical pain of the crucifixion, that's enough, but the emotional and spiritual pain that he was going to have to go through. And our perfect example who never sinned, sweat blood. It is okay for you to feel what you... If you're going through a horrible time right now in your life, I'm not going to stand here and say, well, why are, you, why are you so overwhelmed? Why are you discouraged? Why are you feeling this? You shouldn't feel that. It's okay to feel it. It's okay to feel it. It just means what joy means. It just means in the end that we trust God, that we choose joy. It doesn't that part, that, it, that human side, that the feelings that we have, they don't consume us. They're not the end result. We don't stay discouraged. We don't stay overwhelmed. We don't stay living in sorrow. We don't, ha- we don't constantly walk around just gnashing our teeth and it's overwhelming and sweating blood all the time. We, uh, what did Jesus do? He did that. He said, Father, if it be your will, take this from me. But then he said, But not my will be done, your will be done. I trust you. I'm allowed to feel what I'm feeling, but in the end, in the end, when it's all said and done, and you you have people praying over you, and you've you've cried out to God, and you've cried, and you've then you, you realize, God, my God is in control. Why? That joy comes from the inside. That peace comes from the inside. That contentment comes from the inside. And it pushes all those other things out. And in the end, you say, my God, I trust in you. And you choose joy. My wife, Debbie, loves the book, You Gotta Keep Dancing by Tim Hansel. That's one of her favorite books. If you've never read the book, you've got to keep dancing. You should read that. Tim was a school teacher in, was a school teacher in California. And uh, he was a real outdoorsman. He's a real outdoorsman kind of guy. So um, what he did was when he was a teacher, he would make adventures for his students. People would say that he was a, a risk taker. You know, he was, a, he was an outdoorsman. So he'd take risks. And he was climbing on um, Palisade Glacier and, with a friend. And he, he slipped through a crevice and fell way down and landed on his back and you know boom landed on his back and it's like most people that happens they're dead he didn't die but he was in severe pain but through the pain he was able to climb out of the the glacier and he got out and he was able to make it back to camp um that day with his friend He was in agony, but the next day he was able miraculously to walk eight miles back to his car. But he was, again, just in in severe, severe pain. When he got home, went to the doctor, and the doctor said that he had crushed, he had fractured and crushed his discs, different discs in the back. And the doctor said, it's inoperable. there's, There's nothing we can do. I mean, you got to imagine, you, I've, I have back problems. I mean, I, when I was younger, actually, they were worse. And I remember at certain points, I couldn't even get up off the floor. Some of you have that experience where your back is just in agony, and he had to hike all the way down. The doctor said, brother, this is it. This, this is it. 
He was left with the reality that he would that he would live the rest of his life. Think about this. The rest of his life in severe pain. Tim's doctor told him this. The damage is done. The worst is over. But it is a small price to pay for your life because most people don't survive what he went through. He told him to, to live to live fully, to live completely, to live richly, as richly as he possibly could. He said that your lifespan is going to be normal. You'll live the lifespan of, of, a, of a normal person. And he could do whatever. The doctor said, you can do whatever your pain allows you to do. So here's this guy glaciers, mountains, hiking, going, I mean, just living, living. And the doctor said, you can still do that. You can do whatever your pain will allow you to do. Through his experience, Tim learned that he had the ability, through all of this, he had the ability to choose joy. It's a choice. You think he got out of bed in the morning when he, you you know what it's like, you're walking, all of a sudden you're minding your own business walking, no, the pain, it just shoots up your back or down your leg. And he realized through that experience where the doctor said, there's nothing I can do for you. He learned that he could choose joy. He said this, whereas happiness may be a fleeting feeling. A mood that changes with the winds of circumstance. Joy is an attitude, a posture, a position that we take. Joy involves, listen to this, joy involves involves believing with a tenacious confidence that God is in control of life. Though the immediate evidence might suggest otherwise. How could Tim, how could he choose, how could he choose joy in this situation? This isn't fair. This isn't, I, you know, oh, I, I love the hike. I love, this isn't fair. How could this happen to me? Why would you do this to me? How could he choose joy in his situation? Romans fourteen seventeen kind of gives us a clue. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, of peace, of joy in the Holy Spirit. It's not about eating and drinking, not about the temporal but of righteousness, of peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. In this verse, Paul is telling us the kingdom of God, when you talk about joy, you talk about peace, and you talk about contentment, the kingdom of God is not about our circumstances. This is so difficult for people to understand and grasp. It's not about our circumstances. It is an eternal perspective... Eternal perspective that comes from the power of the Holy Spirit of God working in your life. I'm going to tell you something right now that you need to hold on to. If you are not reading the word of God, if you are not drawing closer to God, if you are not looking at life from an eternal perspective, if you are consumed with what's going on and who thinks this about me and how do I feel about myself and what about and you care about what everybody else thinks and what's going on around you and your actions are basically dictated by what that person might think or what this person might think and everything's a temporal and what's happening to you right now is all that matters and overwhelming you and crushing you. If that's If that's your viewpoint, you will never achieve this. People say, oh, let's talk about, let's go through Advent. Let's talk about, let's talk about joy and love and peace. And let's talk about 
We will never, none of us will ever get there if we have a a temporal perspective. If we're not in the Word, we're not studying the Word, we're not seeking to draw closer to Christ, If, if, if we're not doing that, we will not achieve this. Listen to what he says in Philippians chapter 4, 11 through 13. Paul says, I'm not saying this because I'm in need. For I have learned to be content, listen, I have learned to be content... Whatever the circumstances, good, bad, and different, I've learned to be content, content. That's something this entire world is striving for. He says, I've learned to be content in whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You cannot say that if you have a temporal perspective, if you do not have an eternal perspective, if you're not seeking after Christ with all of your heart. If you are dabbling in Christianity, you will never achieve this. Never. This is... This is hard to preach, it's, but it's so much easier to preach than it is to live. And I acknowledge that. I acknowledge what I'm saying to you is, is seriously almost overwhelming to think about when it comes to actually applying this to your life. Because I know some of your circumstances, and I'm telling you to have joy in all circumstances. That's hard. But it can be achieved. It can be done. But it won't be done by dabbling. It won't be done by mediocrity. It won't be done by just, you know, well, take a little bit of this and a little bit of that and I'll apply Christianity as long as it fits within my world. If you do that, you're not going to achieve this. We should choose joy. If you say you're a follower of Jesus Christ, we should choose joy because we are children of God. My professor used to say, What you win people with is what you win them to. And the reason people and Christians can't live this out much anymore, okay, why it's so difficult, is because they were one with a watered-down, mediocre, um, kind of uh, little, it's almost like a carnal, whatever word you want to use, Christianity. So when the rough times come, when someone starts talking about this, they're like, whoa, 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 what are you talking about? They can't, it's hard for them to get there. But when we understand who we are in Christ, and we gave our lives to Christ, we, we recognize that we were sinners, and that Christ died for us, and we come to Christ in that way, we can achieve this, and we should think this way, because we are children of God. Who are we when we, get, when we give our lives to Christ? We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. We are followers of Jesus Christ, and so because, just because we have Christ in our lives, and all that He's done for us, we should should be able to rejoice. We should be able to rejoice. So we should own this in our lives. John 10.10 says, Jesus said this, I have come that they might have life and might have it to the full, might have it abundantly. Now, he's saying you can have this now, what I'm talking about. Not when you die and go to heaven, not when there's a new heaven and new earth. You can have what I'm describing now. But it's going to take more than dabbling. Dabbling won't get us anywhere. He said you can have it now. In John 17, 13, he says, I am coming to you now 
But I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them now. Jesus is saying again, he he wants us, he wants all of us who are his followers to experience this joy that he's offering here and now in our lives right now. As believers in Jesus Christ, we are called, and that is a nice way to put it, we are, we are commanded to be joyful. We're commanded to be joyful. I think God is trying to push us, and He wants to push us to get to the point where we keep asking, well, Lord, I've fallen short. How do I do that? How do I do that? Until we become mature in the faith, and we can say yes in all circumstances, regardless if I'm up or I'm down, it's in or out or whatever, I can still have joy in my life. I can feel pain. I can feel sorrow. I can express that. I can be discouraged. I can be overwhelmed sometimes. I can get more than I can handle sometimes, and feel all of it, but in the end, I'm going to choose joy. I'm going to do what Jesus did. Father, if it be your will, take this from me, take it from me. I can't handle this. But not my will be done, your will be done. Regardless, Lord God, of what happens in my life, I choose you. I choose joy. I choose to trust you. I choose to trust you. Philippians 4 4 says, Listen to this. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. We were singing that song, right? Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. When we were you, right? We sing that. We, we read it. We sing it. Rejoice in the Lord always. Always. Not sometimes. Not when things are going well. Always. You say, oh my goodness. How can, how can that? How can someone do that? Listen to this. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. He says, be joyful always. Pray always. At all times, be thankful. Listen, be thankful in all circumstances. He lost his mind. (laughs) Be thankful in all circumstances. See, this is why, this is why I'm not going to give you a watered down version of the gospel. I'm not going to give you a watered down version of what the word of God says. I'm not going to give you a watered down version. Everybody feels good about themselves all the time when they come to church and they leave here feeling goody goody all the time. I want you to feel good about yourself. Because of who you are in Christ. But if I give you a watered down version of the gospel and I tell, I tell you things that tickle your ears and make you feel good and everybody invite more people so we can have a bigger church because I'm going to tell you everything that's always good and always nice and always whatever. You'll never achieve this. And I'm sorry, the world I live in, this is what you need. Am I wrong? At the end of the day, this is, this world is tough. This is difficult. This is challenging. There's always something. Next, you get over this mountain and there's another mountain to climb and another mountain to climb and another thing to overcome, physically, emotionally, or spiritually. It is a sin on my part to just give you wishy-washy Christianity and then have you leave this building and have to deal with reality. And this is reality. This is reality. Be joyful always. We can. We can have that. We can have that. Pray at all times. Be thankful in all circumstances. Listen, this is what God wants from you in your life in union with Christ Jesus. This is what he wants. How the heck can someone be joyful always? I'll tell you how the heck someone can be joyful always. Because joy, joy doesn't come from our circumstances. Joy comes from God. It is a delight in the human heart that runs deeper than pain and pleasure. 
It is something in the human heart that God gives us as we mature in Christ, that God gives us, that runs deeper and stronger. I can do all things to Christ who gives me strength. It's something that runs in the human spirit that is stronger and deeper than our pain and deeper than our pleasure, our feelings. That means even when life is really hard and really overwhelming, we can choose joy. Your circumstances are going to change consistently. One day you're going to be on top of the world. You got the promotion. You found out. She said yes. Whatever the case may be, you're going to be on top of the world. And other days, the world, you're going to feel like the weight of the world is on your shoulders. But I'll tell you something. Here's the reality. Here's the reality. God is always there and he never changes. He's always there and he never changes. I love that when I first became a Christian, somebody gave me a Bible, a little pamphlet book. And and one of the stories in the little pamphlet book was, you know, the footprints in the sand. I'm reading along and Lord, there was a point, many points in my life when I was going through the hardest part of all, that there was only one set of footprints. Where were you? And what did Jesus say? I was carrying you. That's where I was. Those are my footprints, not yours. That's what, that's what God is always there and God never changes the world, this fallen world in which we live that brings cancer and, and diabetes and, and, and diseases and struggles and pains and, you know, hip replacements and all kinds of stuff that we have to go through. This fallen world We are never alone. We are never without the strength of God in our lives. Listen to me. This is important. Finding joy in life comes from finding Christ in every circumstance. Finding joy in life means at some point when you're feeling it and and you have the sorrow and the disappointment and the pain, you step back. Finding the joy in life is finding Christ in every circumstance. A couple weeks ago, I put on Facebook that I believe that failure, failure is greater than success. And the reason I said that is because if I'm successful, most of the time if I'm successful, yeah, look at that, ooh, look at that, you can all see and you go, yeah, that was great, you're successful. When I fail, it helps me grow. It helps me do better the next time. It, it teaches me something about what I can do to then succeed. But here's what it also does. I can then teach you through my failures how to succeed. And long term, that's better for the kingdom of God than just succeeding all the time. Because then I can't teach as well. This is what we're talking about here. This, this journey that we're on, this journey that we're on, we need to be in this together. We need to invest in each other. We need to hold on and we need to strengthen each other as iron sharpens iron so one person sharpens another. Ron Toby said um, a couple of weeks ago, about 10 days ago, at our men's event, I believe that was the event where the men beat the women, wasn't it, David? Yeah, so I just, you know. But I, but I digress. Um, <laughs> Here's what he said that that you guys, some of the women missed. So I'll share with you from our victorious party that we were having. We are spiritual beings on a human journey more than we are human beings on a spiritual journey. Let me say that again. We are spiritual beings 
on a human journey more than we are human beings on a spiritual journey. We're talking about, we're talking about having an eternal perspective. We're talking about something different than this world holds to. Again, I want you to remember Romans 14, 17. The kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking. It's not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. We are all on this human adventure, if you will. But we're in this together. We're, we're, we're on this journey. We're on this, we're in this adventure together. And the, honestly, that's what, that's what I want to live out this morning. The, honestly, that's what I want to live out this morning. This has been a tough few months for a lot of you in this church. Really, really difficult. I'm constantly praying for you because there's so many things in your lives that seem to be so overwhelming. And you may be, if you will, in the Garden of Gethsemane, if you will, right now, in your heart thinking, this is overwhelming. God, take it away. God, take it away. God, take it away. And we need to be praying for each other. But at the end, we need to step back and say, your will be done. But that is so difficult. We can't do it alone. None of us can do this alone. We need to do it together. This series is called Intentional Christmas. And that's what I want to be this morning. I want to be intentional. There are so many people in this room right now and in first service who are going through so many struggles in their lives. Romans 12, 12 says this. It says, be joyful in hope. Patient in affliction and faithful in prayer. Be faithful in prayer. And that's what I want. I want want us to remember that this morning. I want us to be faithful in prayer this morning. So here's what I want to do. I want to stop the service right here. I want to stop this part. And I want to just pray. I want to pray for each other. This season is so hectic. We're in this hectic season. It's December 9th and, you know, all the stuff that's going on, the parties and all the Christmas, 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 right? All the things that we have to do. We need to stop. We need to stop and reflect on those who are struggling during this season. That's what Christ would want from us for Christmas. That's the gift he wants us to give each other. It's not a package. It's our hearts to love each other to the point of brokenness. To to try to, here, seriously, to enter into each other's suffering. To lift that other person up so they're not the ones, the footprints. It's your footprints while you carry someone else's burdens. While you help carry someone else's burdens. So here's how this is going to work. If you're here for the first time, you take a deep breath and you relax. You're not going to be asked to do anything uncomfortable, okay? Promise. Nothing uncomfortable. You sit right where you are. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to have the staff, some of the elders, and our prayer team who are going to pray for you. And, and here's the thing. Some, there are people here this morning who have been diagnosed with cancer. And some other really difficult, challenging things are going on in people's lives. But here's what I want you to understand. Just because you don't have something that is like cancer doesn't mean that you don't need prayer. We're not comparing one person's struggles to another. If you're struggling, you need prayer. So don't sit there and let the, let the, let the devil tell you, oh, don't, you shouldn't get up. That doesn't even compare to what he's talking about. It doesn't, if you are struggling and you need prayer, you go get prayer. We care. God cares about every hair on your head. 
you go and you get prayer. Now, the reason I'm limiting it to staff and elders and prayer team is because over the last 35 years of ministry, I've recognized that sometimes well-meaning people can say things in a prayer that don't bring comfort. They bring stress to that person's life. And so to avoid that, I want to avoid that. I, 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 so I, I don't mean to, to insult anybody. I really don't. But I want to make sure the people getting up know that the people praying for them are going to be safe. In an environment like this, I don't know who came through the door and they say, oh, prayer time. They run back and they start saying things that, from my perspective, are not biblical and actually hurt someone instead of comforting someone. So here's what I'd like to do for all of us. I would love you. I want you to pray. You can remain in your seat, like I said before, and pray. And if you've never prayed before, you don't have to pray out loud. There are people in your life that are going through a difficult time. Your mom, your aunt, your cousin, someone, your co-worker. Just sit quietly and pray for that person. That's all you need to do. Other people can come up and kneel here at the altar and pray for people. Um, you can go back and you can be a part of the group that is praying. And as the, as the prayer, as the people, the elders or the staff or whatever are praying, you can quietly, you can silently pray along with them. Okay? So I want you to participate. Come up here and pray. Stay in your seat and pray. Go back there and pray. You know, uh, and I would love, get, let's just get in a posture of prayer. If you are able to get on your knees and pray, you can get on your knees and pray. Let's pray for each other. There's always something to pray for. Okay? So what I'll do is, um, I'm going to pray. I'm going to pray first. There's there are about six or seven groups in the back. Look, turn around, look around real quick. There's people in the back. Hold your things up. I think you have numbers. Maybe these are the people who want to pray for you. And I'm telling you, you better not sit in your seat and think, oh, I shouldn't go back there. This is not important enough to pray during a service. Yes, it is. Go get prayer. But you can go back back there. I'm going to pray. When I'm finished praying, you can get up and go back. And I want you to just go back and receive that prayer. We're a family here, guys. We're, we're doing this because we're a family and we need to love each other. We love the Lord our God with all of our heart and all of our soul and all of our mind and all of our strength. And we love our neighbor as ourselves. And your neighbor is sitting right next to you. Let's love each other. God, thank you for this time that we can spend together. God, I pray that... People would not feel any kind of fear that you would relieve that fear from them about getting up and just having someone pray for them. God, we need each other. We need each other's support. So I pray, dear God, that we have the freedom in our hearts to receive that prayer. We love you, Lord. We praise you. We thank you in advance for what we know you're going to do through this service as we pray for one another. Thank you for using us, and we acknowledge that anything that happens comes from your power, not ours. We are just being used by you to invest in other people. Thank you for that privilege. We give you the praise and the glory for it all. In Jesus' name, amen.